Here we go, rejecting the screen. Noah Kozlov out here on the East Coast, out west. Adam Stanko, just two plugged-in dudes talking hoops and a little bit of life. Coming Thursday on the Going ISO edition, where we go long form. About an hour with 17-year NBA guard Lindsey Hunter, the current Mm. head coach at Mississippi Valley State. Adam, the bubble is nearly here. And I said, when you asked me my excitement level about what, like a month ago, I said, mm-hmm. I don't know, like wake me up on the, the 27th of July. I'm still there. Like wake me up on the 27th. I am desperately hoping that this gets off the ground. And I want to get into in a moment, what it means for some of the players who will not be going. But what mm-hmm. I find pretty interesting, Adam, is something that David Locke has mentioned for a while now on Locked on NBA, which I think is a conversation worth having for us and for others to consider is how much this means, this success of the NBA bubble means right now for next year when next season starts in December, because we're not going to have a vaccine and large crowds are not going to be gathering by the time next season starts. So the NBA needs to have something in place that has already been deemed a success. It's vital. It's vital. And you bring up such a good point. The idea that next year we start this thing up, we're going to be using whatever it is and and sports in general and businesses nationwide are going to be using the lead of the, of the NBA as the, the blueprint for how to operate and how to make it through day to day. We've seen leagues start to filter through. There's the National Women's Soccer League has been playing games. We've seen European soccer participate. Uh, we've seen the basketball tournament starts up and, and, and it's gotten underway. But, but the NBA is the real deal. We're talking about uh, a major operation that's really trying to make this idea of the bubble work. And if we're still having issues, especially as it relates to players' health and safety and their families' health and safety, um, that this it could be damning, as you point out, not just for this season, but looking at next year. Right, and and the basketball tournament, the TBT that's been going on that started over the weekend that, oh, who made the biggest headlines? John Elmore. Yes, sir. Guest of the podcast, listener of the podcast, go back and listen to the Going ISO edition with John Elmore right here in the Rejecting the Screen feed. They're giving it a go, but they've had teams eliminated already because of positive tests. Like in the NBA, you can't just say, like, all right, um, Lakers had three tests. All right, you're out. Um, Let's bring in the New York Knicks. Like it just doesn't. It just doesn't work that way. So, yeah. so, so this isn't a can't look at the TBT and say, oh, well, look how they're doing it. Oh, okay. Great. Right. No, this is it's a much bigger, more significant operation than what the basketball tournament is. But you'd read a story in Bloomberg about the NBA reopening and, and a warning sign for the U.S. economy, but also what struck you was about the economics for players moving forward who decide not to play. Exactly. So in the article, as you point out, it it talks about a bigger piece in which it relates, hey, if the NBA is having trouble reopening and restarting their business, 
how difficult is it going to be for other businesses and, and the entire economy on the whole? But there's one line in there as they start to talk about the players who have opted out of returning. Bertrands, they talk about right now how DeAndre Jordan, Spencer Didwitty may not return because of positive tests, although it still seems very likely that they will. But Trevor Ariza, Avery Bradley opting out for different reasons. Uh, Ariza dealing with custody arrangement and, and Avery Bradley, of course, his son has uh, respiratory issues. And the author of the article says, quote, these players will still be paid, but they are lowering their future market value by expressing less than a full commitment to the team. And I was curious when I read that line, how much do you think that that's actually relevant? So I, I pose the question to you before I weigh in, but how much do you think that, that that's actually relevant? I don't think it is relevant. Because I do think teams will be understanding of specific situations. So whether it's a child at home, whether it is a custody issue like Trevor Reese is having, who, by the way, has also made $91 million already in mm. his career. Avery mm. Bradley's made 51. So if it's a pregnant wife, you think, you think Mike Trout, you think that's going to affect his, his future earnings? No. In, in Major League Baseball, he's the best player in the game and a top 10 player already all time. And he's considering not playing because he's got a baby due in September, his first child and trying to certainly protect his wife. Since if you're pregnant, you're of higher risk. So I don't, um, with Davis Bertans, he's protecting himself for free agency. So, and I know Evan Fournier said something to him on Twitter about it. Then Bertans went back. If this season had just continued, and we're going to get into how this actual what is happening in the bubble is basically a whole nother season since we've already had an off season. So the if if this had been the end of the season of this current year and the Wizards were four six back of the final spot and lost two games and Bertans then just got six straight DNPs, everyone would be like, well, yeah, I mean he's you know he's not playing because you know free agency and the team's trying to get some other guys in there. And no one would bat an eye. Nobody would. It's just like anyone who says who gets all bent out of shape about tanking towards an end of a season. It's all relative and by comparison of how bad the situation has been. Every guy goes through this. It's just that, oh, we're all going into this whole new situation together of this bubble. And it's going to be mentally and emotionally and likely physically exhausting and we need you there with us. Yeah. For if it was a if it was a superstar, if it was a superstar with no other issue at home, then I think yeah. his current I think his current team would knock him for it, but I don't think it would impact his future earnings. I think it's, it has to be a certain level of player, like a like a good player, a really good player, not a superstar, but a really good player with no reasonable excuse for not playing aside from I don't want to get the virus me personally, which I think would is still a fine reason. Um, I don't think, I think that would be the only thing that might impact future earnings. These current guys, not a problem. Yeah. I mean, the way that I see it is, as you said, 
first you look at how prevalent this is anyway throughout the league. And I know of superstar players. Coaches have told me superstar players have basically quit on them, on their teams when they've said, you know what, we're going to be terrible the second half of the season. We don't have a chance to make the playoffs. Guess what? I have a lingering injury that I just can't get back from. Sorry, this thing is really killing me. And, And guys understand. We talk, we have the legacy discussion all the time. And guys sort of get into that whole thing of like, mm, this is going to hurt me. If I look like I'm the best player on a really bad team, that actually hurts my reputation. Not all guys think like that. You know, there, there's it's all individuals. But just saying, uh, guys definitely have DNPs for different reasons and uh, injury concerns, what have you. These things pop up all the time. Uh, and And also, I think understanding like the marketplace, like when people are saying something like that, that it's going to hurt their value. When you're talking about free agency or guys future, like no one's questioning Trevor Ariza's loyalty to a team. This may question guys loyalty to the NBA as an organization or what they're trying to accomplish. As you just mentioned off the top of the show, like trying for so desperately what it means for the NBA to return. But that doesn't matter to these players as much. They all want to make sure it's a success and it returns and the product is still great. But to a man, their concern is with their teammates, is with their coaching staff, is with their trainers, that the guys that they're working with every day, that's who they feel loyalty to and committed to. So like you said, like it's not so much that they feel like, you know, and nobody is saying, oh, this guy is letting our team down because of his own personal concerns. And I think if there's any environment right now, People are understanding for, through what others go through and have empathy. And I think for that reason, especially if you have an issue at home, but even if you don't and you're just someone who has concerns about the state of the world right now, I think there's a level of understanding that's probably never existed before. And I think character is not being ripped apart based upon you deciding that you're going an alternate route for the end of the and, season. And, yeah, I think you're exactly right. The level of understanding right now is at an all-time high on – certain issues i think certainly on the black lives matter side of things on infectious disease for sure i still think you know the nba it's it's seen as the most contemporary i still mm-hmm. think they're they're a long way from i shouldn't say that they're they're a long way from being the most uh, sophisticated because i think they are but i think i still think they're a long way from being should be considered sophisticated until they get the lgbtq situation settled oh. because oh. you know you know there are players battling with that in locker rooms and have not come out but that's a story for another day coming up we'll continue this conversation because i want to tell you what would get a player blackballed in this situation no reason for players to have their cars in the orlando bubble but we're gonna need them out here Mm-hmm. And Adam got a lemon from our mutual friend, Mike Gam, and the brakes don't work. So Adam can't even drive his car at the moment. So I do That's know true. that he has been on rockauto.com searching for the exact brand, mod, everything from the specifications from the car that you own to make sure that rockauto.com delivers. And they do. Now it's just a matter of you pulling the trigger, getting oh, yeah. the parts. And then deciding, am I going to do this myself or am I going to take it somewhere? But the rockauto.com catalog is unique and really easy to navigate. So you can see all the parts available for your vehicle and then choose the brands and the specifications and the prices that you prefer. And it's 
always reliably low, the prices, I, I should say. And they're the same for the professionals and then the folks yeah, like us. It's incredible. It's incredible. When you go down, and I'm, I, as I've been checking out the site, it's, it's remarkable how low these prices are relative to other places. It's incredible to me. So go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Just write locked on in there. How did you hear about us box? So they know we sent you amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need rockauto.com. So what would get a player blackballed and cost him millions on the court, off the court, maybe the rest of his career, depending on what type of player he is, is if he violates the rules in such an egregious manner. I'm not talking about in in the the bubble. bubble. Mm -hmm. I'm not just talking about like, didn't throw out the deck of cards after playing one hand with somebody (laughs) and then playing. I'm talking about bringing in folks from the outside, getting caught slipping money to a security guard to get people in, Mm -hmm. getting out of the bubble and then coming back in. That's the kind of stuff like right now, sure, players or really anybody, I should just say NBA players, anybody with that amount of money is used to getting what they want whenever they want it. And when you're told no, and you're forced to live by certain rules that are exhaustive, but necessary, although you might think that some are contradictory, got to follow the rules it is as simple as that you have to follow the rules yeah i'm curious how many people actually as the growing list of opt-out folks continues i'm curious how many of those will be because they just said i'd rather just not go i then deal with that and, and i don't know that we've had any so far but as that ramps up and it gets more serious for folks i'm, I'm actually curious as to you know it's like the old saying like okay you know, if it's too much for you, then stay home or whatever. Although I will say, maybe it's nobody because they all just think, well, it doesn't matter. I'll just get down there and do what I want. But I also think when you're there for two and a half months, just how restrictive it gets. And how much fun could it be, Noah, if we're like Western Conference Finals and we get word that, you know, because you know someone's dying to leak it. And it's all of a sudden like a couple guys on the Clippers bench decided, you know, Terrence Mann and Lou Williams were spotted leaving the bubble and coming back. Like, this could get really, really well, interesting. Well, again, I, I do think – I think those things should actually only be reported in real time if they lead to positive tests. If they don't, and then we end up reading about them in books years later, yes, that's fine. that's fine with me. That's right, fine with right, me. But if right. they lead to if they lead to positive tests and oh. impacts what we're seeing on the court, yeah. I mean, at this point, organizations are so strapped for resources right now that you know you can only bring the 35, 36 people down. And any extra stress that a player puts on their organization while they're down there, that will be that could be catastrophic to them, whether or not they break the rules or not. Like don't eat, just yes, don't yes, even yes. be late to a meeting. Just yeah. follow the rules. Like there's, there's no, there is no excuse to 
to be late because where where else would you have been? It's not like, oh yeah, sorry, I got like I got stuck in traffic or this like there's yeah. there's just no there's no excuse for anything in but the bubble. Your entire world is based around you having just a couple obligations throughout the day. We talked about it what a month ago about and I saw a few tweets about it this week and some quotes from coaches about yeah, the the most mentally tough team could win this mm-hmm. thing. We talked about that a month ago. I thought I, I had to check the the timestamps on these on these yes. tweets and articles, and then to see if we were quoted or not. But hey, and Rob Polink is talking it about happens. it this week. Yeah, no big deal. Right. So something that you brought up this week was what if they went to one through sixteen? And when I say mm-hmm. brought up, means we we texted about we texted about it, like yeah. Yeah, I mean, and I wouldn't say as like an experiment to see if it would work moving forward because this isn't real world stuff right. because no one's traveling or anything. But for just for simple competitive purposes, yeah, why not do one through 16? Yeah, I thought it, it'd be interesting. Why not do it for competitive purposes? And also it actually, if you get right down to it, is the only real way in which you do start to give some type of reward for the regular season that you had. So instead of playing the worst team in your conference, you're now playing, if you're the number one overall seed, if you will, you're now playing the 16th best team in all of. I agree. That's a good point. So, so here's what it would look like as of right now, one side of the bracket, one sixteen bucks, magic eight, nine heat thunder. 413 Clippers Mavs, 512 Celtics Sixers. And then the other side of the bracket, 215 Lakers Nets, 710 Jazz Rockets, 314 matchup Raptors Grizzlies, and the 611 game Nuggets Pacers. It's funny too, it becomes uh, basically an NCAA regional when you break it down into the 16 teams like that. But I, one of the things that I found interesting was, and you don't even think about it, and I did this based upon, and there's a couple of tiebreakers that would have to come into play. I did this based upon like where they are in the loss column right now, which is how teams usually evaluate things anyway about where they stand. But what, I, but what was interesting was the one, of course, the one that sticks out right away is if you go this route, then Bucks Clippers are on one side of the bracket. The Lakers wouldn't have to face the Clippers until they were to reach the championship game. So that Lakers Clippers matchup now would be would be dropped. Pretty pretty fascinating that like the Clippers are the one like flying the ointment for it's basically which side of the bracket do the Clippers end up on is the way that you you end up looking on this because that's who nobody wants to play, of course, if you're not Lakers or Bucks, because they're gonna secure the top two seeds. Uh so it's where they end up, you know, coming into play. But I just found the whole thing to be interesting. Like it'd be another way to sort of look at this because Noah, to me. What we're facing right now, and 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 look, if you want to talk about any of these matchups, you can. But like, I, nah. the more I've thought about, more I've thought about the asterisk side of this conversation, which is has been spoken about way too much, ad nauseum, if you will. Is that yes, it matters for the the elite players, but I'm curious the other guys if they were to win a title, what does it mean for Paul George and his legacy all time? if Paul George and Kawhi win the title this year? Good question. Let's answer it in a moment. 
It's a good question, Adam. Thank what you. would it mean for those other guys, the non-LeBron, to win it? Like, what if this is James Harden's first title, Chris Paul's first title, mm-hmm. Giannis's first title, Joel Embiid's first title? What would it mean? What would it mean for those guys? So I've been thinking about it a lot because I've said that yeah, this is this is an asterisk season. This will be known as the bubble season, the bubble championship for the foreseeable future, but we will get to a point, as I've said before, 15, 20 years, you'll look back and be like, mm, what? Oh, was that the bubble year? Oh yeah, right. That was the bubble year. So I'm now at the point where I'm thinking like, this is, this is like a whole new season. So now I'm thinking, you know what? Maybe there isn't an asterisk. Like last season, in my mind, now just doesn't even exist. We've had an off season. We've had we're gonna have like three. So when you say last season, so when you say last season, you're referring to the first part of the regular season of this season, right? The season that ended in mid March. That that is now to me its own season. That is last season, and Mm -hmm. the whole like MVP race isn't over yet, or these different awards because we got to wait to see what happens at the end. Here, these eight games stop. Like yes, yes, I understand. Technically, this is the same season. But what happened then and what can happen in the first and these these eight games oh. here to me have nothing to do with each other, nothing to do with each other. So that season is, is over. We've had a we've had an offseason and we've had an offseason that no one has ever experienced before. Basketball players and us regular mortals. So it, it's an offseason where you haven't even been able to work out consistently, shoot basketball consistently, dribble consistently like one has nothing to do with the other. So now I'm looking this as a not an asterisk on last year's title or this year's title. This is a completely separate season. This, this whole, whatever this is, is separate. And that's how I will always look at it. And the way I'm viewing it is for a while, I had this belief of, that that was like yours. It'll have an asterisk for a while, and then we'll look back like we did in '99. Oh, that was the strike shortened year, was it? Oh, okay. The Knicks were an eight seed and went to the the finals. Yeah, but that was strike shortened season. Yeah, but people forget that they just remember. But, Knicks that, but that's Spurs, convenient, but, right? That's convenient to look at it for the Knicks that way. Like, oh yeah, that's of right. course that's the only way the Knicks could have right. Gotten but to but I'm saying yeah. in a weird way, like I think most people don't is is what I'm getting at. Like time enough time has passed mm-hmm. where I think you and I do. We look, but most people look at it like, oh, that was Nick Spurs. That 2012 it, it is what it is. I, I, I see, though, this year in particular as being something different. I look at this year, and I think it's going to be so wacky that if LeBron wins it, different discussion that we're having. Because people are going to say, hey, LeBron won it with the, the Cavs, his hometown team. He won it with the Heat, and now he's won it. Title number four, he's won it in the bubble with a with his third franchise. And I think they'll use that as a legacy thing. Oh, Michael Jordan never had to play in the bubble. He never had to endure COVID and, and get past that. But if it's anyone else, Noah, and you brought this up very early on, but I think it's worth bringing back. If it's anyone else, how are we going to view them? Like if this is Giannis's, let's say it's Giannis's only title of his career. Or let's say he wins it here and then goes on to play at Golden State or something. 
and and then he wins other titles. Like, how do we view this title that he won? No it's one's not... going to say he carried the Bucks to a title and he dealt nah. with those raucous away fans. And he like, because here's the thing: what everyone talks about when they talk about rings, what's at least the 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 underlying message to people is if you do it in the playoffs, this is what players say all the time, do it in the playoffs. Cause that's when it matters. That's when the heat is on. The pressure is, is ramped up. The intensity is crazy. The crowds are crazy. Every possession counts. I don't think it's going to feel that way. It's going to feel more heightened than the last eight games will of the regular season. But I just, obviously we're not going to have playoff intensity as we know it. And because of that, if Paul George wins it this year, if Giannis wins it this year, we're not going to look at them going on some – if Chris Paul were to bring Oklahoma City to a title, it's going to sort of be like a guy winning a NCAA tournament championship who went on a run as opposed to somebody winning an NBA championship. Right, but then if a guy comes up short in the playoffs and has – in this the bubble playoffs, then then we can't say – Oh man, he you know just really came up short in the playoffs. Like we we can't we can't criticize like it that and that's what I'm saying. We analyzing players during this time is at, at this point it's like analyzing a third grader's reading comprehension performance. Like how can you do it? They've been out of school and now they're trying they're staring at a screen all day. How can you expect them to be able to? remember what was said three pages ago like the whole world is up the whole world is upside down so how can we even be analyzing these players like to me it's like the guys are going there and this is pure entertainment although it's not but that's that's the way i'm looking at it as a as a fan i will be looking at this as pure entertainment i will not be i say this now i will not be criticizing a player for not doing this or making this move or making this play like I don't know. I, I, and I've heard it from players that, well, once you get on the court, it's, it's basketball. It's, it's not every it's, it's going to feel different. Not, not maybe you might forget like when you're running up and down the floor once or twice, like, Oh yeah, we're just playing ball. But then you look to your right and it's just empty. It, nothing's going to feel the same. Oh yeah. Yeah. I think, I think everything that you just hit on is, is so true. And I'm just now picturing, I'm calling it now. All the tweets are going to be positive. I mean, when this, when the NBA resumes, NBA Twitter is going to be a blaze back. Oh, we're so excited. This is return. This is the greatest thing ever. This is so awesome. And guys are going to want to get into that. But maybe in a small way, with all the other silver linings, like we've gotten some family time, we've learned to appreciate the little things, appreciate our health, um, our family, the things that really count that, that, this, that this pause in life has allowed us to do those of us that have our health and everything. I, a silver lining, I think, is that maybe that try, we, we go back to just appreciating basketball as it is and appreciating the competition and appreciating the guys that we're getting to witness and the great players that we're seeing now, the great teams, great coaching. And, and it's just we can stop with the comparisons, with the stop with the where does LeBron rank with Jordan, you know, all time? And how do we how do we compare eras? And how do you I just take uh, it for entertainment? And we just enjoy it. What you said is what we should be doing anyway. So maybe in the end, that's that's going to be the best part of this whole thing. We treat it as its own exclusive. Here's a bunch of guys playing on a neutral court. It's like you say, the back of the bus game 
that we always do on our Going ISO episode. Who who would you take, you know, game seven, life on the line? Well, in this situation, hey, what would it be like if all the teams just went to a neutral site and played a tournament mm-hmm. and got after it with, with no fans there? And if we look at it that way, I think I'm going to greatly appreciate it. Hey, one, one more thing when it came to like reading comprehension of a third grader, you, you never know what players are going through at the time and, and like, and, and what's impacting them on the court. Yes, you're here on, on, thir- on Thursday. We're, we're, we talked to Lindsay Hunter um, last week and you'll hear that interview Thursday. And this summer, right before he went to the Lakers for that 2002 season, a championship season, his his 19-year-old brother was killed in a car accident and it ripped his world apart, his parents' world apart. But he didn't talk to anybody about it. And he said he was there, but he wasn't really present with the Lakers. And yep. So we have no idea what is going on at home for all of these players. So the reason I bring up like third grade reading comprehension, so now guys are going to be in the in the playoffs where it's the most intense away from their families where the kids might be at home being taught by whoever else is at home and mm-hmm. then they're going to be you know then then they're going to have that on their mind as well and the stress that comes with that no matter how much money you have like if sure resources can be different but like if you've got four school age kids at home and say you're married and your wife is having to teach four kids of all different levels, you don't like, it's not her job to not voice her stress to you on the phone. It's not her job. Yes. It's the marriage. Yes. Yes. There's going to be a lot of outs. There's going to be, a, I don't know. It's just one thing that came to mind. There's going to be a lot and, of outside and forces. It's, it's, it's interesting. It's interesting that you say that. And, and, and two quick things on that. I'll say that one, it's been fascinating to watch this whole thing as you see celebrities as they've done interviews talk about, oh, I'm cleaning the house. My my cleaning team isn't here. The au pair isn't here to to handle a lot of the tutoring, you know, obviously the teachers and, and parents having to homeschool, which we're all going through. But it's interesting because the celebrities, which are so isolated oftentimes, are the people with just a ton of money that are isolated from those everyday chores and details have had to do those. So you have that part of it, which like you brought up is going to, is going to just add to the stress it already has. But the other part, which I've heard a lot of guys talk about, and that is basketball players in particular, because it's a year round sport over the summers when you get better. And over the winter is when you have games, it's a year round sport and guys have been playing since they were little, and none of them have had extended periods off, except if they were going through a major injury or or something devastating. And what's been fascinating is to hear a lot of guys talk about how much they're appreciating, just like we're going to appreciate, I said, this product on the court and seeing the guys play. They're appreciating, just like I am, just like you are, this pause in life where they're getting to spend time with family. And I think it's given them a new look at how the world operates and, and appreciating being around their kids and their spouses, and you don't think about NBA players as being real people, but they're going through real-world issues too. And I think that part of it also will be not just a strain, but like, oh, man, I'm not getting to be around the kids every day. Like, I don't know how I'm going to be when things go back to normal and all of a sudden I'm not with my kids every day. 
And I'm sure the same thing is going to be said for a lot of these guys. All right, so again, check out Thursday's interview, the Going ISO edition here and Rejecting the Screen with 17-year NBA guard Lindsey Hunter, two-time champ, 0-2 Lakers, 0-4 Pistons. Everything else on the Locked On Podcast Network, Hollinger and Duncan every Monday, always entertaining. Locked On Fantasy Hoops with Josh Lloyd, Locked On NBA five days a week. Chad Ford's NBA Big Board, all things NBA draft in your team every day here on the Locked On Podcast Network. We're on Instagram, I think, at rejecting underscore the underscore screen. Adam's on Twitter at NaismithLives. I'm at Noah Kozlov, C-O-S-L-O-V. Adam, thanks, pal. You are the best.